Hey, this morning, uh, as we begin, we're going to talk in church, because sometimes it is okay to talk in church at certain moments. Today, we're having what we call a uh, standalone uh, message. We're kind of in between series. La- last week, we wrapped up our Advent series called Go Tell It, Unopened Gifts of Grace. And next week, I'm really excited that we're going to dive into a series where we're going to explore um, the book or the letter, whatever you want to call it, of James. And James is this beautiful letter that basically punches you in the face and uplifts your heart all at the same time. It is wonderful. We're going to focus in on the wisdom that we find in the book of James. And so this would be an awesome thing. If you're looking for a um, kind of New Year's resolution, we're going to end up having some um, resource material for you to be able to, during the month of January, read through James, uh, maybe some other things as well. Uh, But very excited about that. But today, we are kind of having a New Year's um, message, a standalone one called uh, Reflect and Refocus. Now, I said we're going to talk in church for a minute. I, I'm going to give you about 60 seconds. I want you to find someone sitting near around you. And let's be honest, we are at that time where we already have decided what they're going to be or we're panicking about, oh my goodness, I've not created any resolutions or goals. And so here's what I want you to share. If you don't know the person, share your name. But I also want you to share what is maybe your most epic resolution fail. Maybe it is, you know, within an hour of making the resolution, you already... uh, messed up your diet. Maybe it's the thing that you purchased that you said you were going to, to, to fit into or use. Whatever it is, take about 60 seconds and share it with someone. One, two, three, go. And if you're online, you can throw it in the comment section. We got 20 seconds to wrap up. All right, let's bring it back in now. How many of you guys bought exercise equipment you never used? Anyone get the uh, Bible in a year that never got all the way there? Anyone buy the, the shirt size that you know you couldn't fit in but you were hoping to fit into by the end of the time? I saw something on, I think it was Facebook this week, that um, every man by the time they hit their mid-30s should have an extra set of clothes that they wish they could fit back into someday but they just can't let go of. Again, I stand on this as, as one of those truths other than just God and his goodness is the fact that they're making clothes smaller. Um, I was reflecting on how often I hit this time of year and there are things that I had in mind that I really wanted to do that I didn't do. Or I think about um, things that I bought. I, I, I will confess, I'm one of those people at times where I'm like, maybe if I buy this certain thing, this is what's going to really like click it in gear. Uh, my wife Hunter and I, at one point, uh, when our kids were super small, where you're just trying to like live, right? You're trying to breathe. You're hoping that you have the same um, pair of shoes on. You know, all of those sort of things. You don't care. You know, if you shower every three days, you feel pretty good when the kids are really, really small. 
And uh, we decided to buy an elliptical um, during that season of life. And let me just tell you what, the most workout I got within the first year and a half of the elliptical was getting the elliptical into our house. In 2016, going into 2017, I decided that I was going to begin to be a journaling person. And so I bought a nice monogrammed 17 on it journal that I was going to journal in. Let me tell you what, 2019 was a great year that I finally used it. Last year, I decided, because I usually am a more of a slow Bible reader person, um, you're like, that doesn't surprise me, you're kind of slow. Um, I bought a, you know, an actual, like, here's your plan to read the Bible in a year plan book. And I will be honest, I made it for about two weeks and then lost interest. I still read my Bible, by the way, just I want to clarify that. But I don't know about you, there are times where I, 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 I kind of realized towards the end of the year that I, I didn't really accomplish all that I wanted to accomplish. And so this morning, I, I just wanted to have sort of a brief time together as a community to, to kind of look at maybe what didn't go well for us this year, and maybe what do we want to do to make sure um, next year goes better. Because I, I oftentimes worry that we live such busy lives where we're just going from one thing to the next, where we're kind of finding these Band-Aid solutions that we oftentimes do not take the time to pause and reflect and to actually do things that will refocus us on what we have been called to do. Because I believe the best way to end a year and to begin a year is to reflect and refocus. That when we don't do these things, you know, the definition of insanity, right, is doing the same things over and over and expecting different results. Most of us live insane lives, we continue to fail in our um, desires to have a more consistent prayer life because we've not really made real changes. We fail at uh, losing weight because we have not made real changes. We fail at spending time in relationships that matter most because we have not made substantive changes. And oftentimes it's because we have failed to stop and reflect on what happened prior, what led us to this place, and what maybe didn't work to get us there. And then we also don't take the time to actually refocus on our target of what we're trying to get at. And here's, the, here's kind of the spoiler alert for, for followers of Jesus. If that's your desire to be one of those people, which I have a feeling most people who are in this room would say that, is that our main goal for each year should be to become more like Jesus by being with him and doing the things he would do. Ultimately, at the end of the day, all of our goals can be wonderful and good, but honestly, if they don't move us closer to being like Christ and being with Christ in many ways, they aren't that important. Now, this morning, I just want to spend a really short time on kind of this four-part framework for what I think could be good for us the next few days to really reflect on as we lean into this year. And, and they're all ours, which is wonderful, right? So they're easy to remember. But there are these four things that I think that if we were to try to be with Jesus and be more like Jesus, these things would naturally kind of flow into our life. And they may not be exactly all the things you would expect. And here are the four things. It's rest, remember, realign, and recommit. Rest, remember, realign, and recommit. Let's talk about each one for a minute. Rest. Now, there's a high likelihood that if you're a person who has created goals and resolutions, I'm going to be willing uh, to wager the vast majority of you have not put resting on your goals. 
Now, maybe if you are a parent of a newborn, you're like, goodness gracious, give me a little more sleep. But most of us, when we think about resolutions and goals, oftentimes we are looking at addition to our lives over and over. I need to add an exercise routine. I need to um, add a hobby. I need to add certain relationships. Most of us live lives where we do not take much time to rest. And when I say rest, I don't just mean sleep, which like scientifically, right? Like scientists literally say one of the most important, best things that a human can do to flourish in a health standpoint is just getting sleep, which is wild, right? Because there's lots of times where I'm like, I don't, I don't get it. I mean, I drank two pots of coffee. I got four hours of sleep. I don't understand why my stomach feels so jacked up. Why do I mentally feel foggy? I, I saw this funny meme where, where it said, uh, it, it's this person talking to Jesus, and he's like, why do you keep giving me your worst battles? And he's like, just go to sleep before 10. Like, that's it. There is this peace that sometimes rest is this most important thing, but followers of Jesus, rest in particular is different than just sleep. But I'll say this, rest is essential to be who God made you to be. Without introducing rest into your life, without actually taking moments of pause and quiet, to actually spend time with Jesus, like you will not become who God created you to be without doing these things. I love what the author of Hebrews says in chapter 4 when he says this, there is a special rest still waiting for the people of God. For all who have entered into God's rest have rested from their labors just as God did after creating the world. So let us do our part to enter that rest. If we disobey God as the people of Israel did, we will fail. Essentially what he's saying is he's, he's pointing back to this idea of a Sabbath. And this idea of a Sabbath was this idea of ceasing from work. And here's one of the great things about rest. It is actually, in our culture, um, I don't know about you, but I grew up in a household where hard work was like a huge, big deal in terms of like values. Like we, we're not going to be lazy. We're going to work hard and do all these things. Great things, by the way, right? Like not, not anti-hard work, not doing all of that sort of stuff. But for many of us, I think one of the difficulty becomes when we are resting, it feels like we are failing. When we pause, like I... Can I be real with you? I'm a pastor, but there are times where I have taken 15 minutes during my day to just like sit and pray, and there's a little bit of subconscious in my mind that's like, could have been working on the intro for your sermon. Wow, glad you wasted that time. There are these moments where our world draws us into constantly be doing something, and one of the most holy things we can do is to sit at the feet of Jesus, and just rest. And one of the beautiful things about it is that when we rest, we really are surrendering to him, saying like, you know, I'm trusting that everything else that's going on in the world will be taken care of. And I honestly think that if some of us would sit and pause and rest, it would begin to help us allow the Holy Spirit to reveal inside of us some of our blind spots, some of our places where we actually need to make changes. Because I don't know about you, there's oftentimes when I start thinking about my own life, the changes that I should make, oftentimes the initial changes are the ones that I think of that are easy or, or kind of like, eh, whatever, but they're not deep-rooted things. They're sort of like if you've ever um, pulled weeds, right? I, uh, I professionally pulled weeds one summer uh, when I was uh, right out of college, and I think I've told this story. I once was sitting on the side of the road pulling weeds, and uh, my dad was at this... Uh, 
church that was newer to him at the time, and this lady from his church pulled up, and she asked me, um, what year of college taught me how to pull weeds? Anyways, her tire went flat a couple weeks later. I'm not sure what happened, but <laughs> thank you, Lord. Um, but have you ever pulled weeds, right? Like there, there, are, there are things where times where you pull it and you don't get it to the root. And it like kind of fixes something for a minute or it feels like it fixes, but we know like the actual thing that deals with it is pulling it up from the root all the way. Many of us, I believe, by resting, would we begin to see where the roots really go down into and we can start to actually be able to pull them up. In Exodus chapter 20, we're, we're reminded of this idea of a Sabbath. Remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but on the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall not do any work, neither you nor your son nor your daughter, nor your male nor your female servants, nor your animals, nor any foreigners residing in your towns. For in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea, and all that is in it. But he rested for the seventh day. Therefore, the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. Now, here's the thing. I understand that many of us don't have lives that would allow us to actually have a 24-hour day of rest where we're not doing laundry or any of the different things. But I do wonder that if we really took seriously our desire to become more whole in our life, to become more like Jesus, to actually experience life with him, I really think many of us need to rest, which might mean we need to subtract from our lives. And we may even need to subtract some good things to allow for the better things of our life. We need to begin to rest. Here's the second thing we need to do. We need to remember or reflect. Do you know that in the Bible, uh, the word remember is in there 352 times? And if you want to bring up the different kind of variants that would kind of lead towards uh, the idea of remember, it actually jumps up to over 550 times. Now, quick Bible scholar notes. I am not one, but I've read a lot of them. Um, when something comes up over and over in Scripture, this is a big surprise, I know, it's kind of important. One of the themes throughout Scripture over and over is this concept and this call for God's people to remember. Again, I oftentimes think God is so kind and so good for the fact that he knows us so well, right? If you're a parent, you know your kids super well. You know there, there are times where like, you just plan for the fact that they're going to forget their lunch, right? You know that you're going to have to remind them over and over again of certain things. And God in his kindness has, has this understanding that we are forgetful people. And in particular, the story of Scripture, the story of humanity over and over again is God being incredibly good and kind and gracious in us kind of enjoying it for a minute but eventually forgetting. And over and over, it's why we do things like communion. We come and we are reminded of what is going on. I, I think oftentimes we don't take enough moments in our lives to actually reflect and remember. And we need to remember God's track record, and we also need to learn from our mistakes. We need to celebrate the victories, and we need to acknowledge the losses. This is why I actually think it's a really helpful practice sometimes to, at the end of the day, actually sit with what happened in the day. This is why things like journaling is actually good, or, or why it's not a bad thing to um, try to do things like a gratitude journal, where you write, you know, at the end of the day, hey, five great things that God did today. We are so forgetful. We live so much in the moment. And a lot of us, if we're really honest about our relationship with God, we live in a manner which we kind of look at God with the, what have you done for me lately? And the truth is, if we actually sit down and reflect and remember, he's typically done a lot. 
Maybe he hasn't done everything we wanted. Maybe not in our timing. But oftentimes, uh, when we actually sit down and remember, we are reminded of his goodness. We're reminded of our purpose. We're reminded of our identity. In Psalm 77, it says this, I will remember the deeds of the Lord. Yes, I will remember your miracles from long ago. I will consider all your words, and I will meditate on all your mighty deeds. What would it look like this year if just a small shift in your life began to say, hey, at the beginning of each day, at the end of each night, I'm just going to take five minutes to just rest in the goodness of God, to think through all the good that he's done this week already, and just be reminded of who he is and ultimately whose I am because of that. So we rest, we remember, and then we realign. So many of us, again, tend to live lives that are going so quick and so fast that, to be honest, realignment in our life feels almost impossible because it would mean that we actually have to stop. But here's the thing. I, I, I actually don't think it's possible to really, truly come into the presence of God to really start following him if we make no realignment. We say that around here often, right? That, hey, if your life before Christ looks the exact, or your life after Christ looks the exact, as your, exact same as your life before Christ, your life has not changed. Like, you are not following Jesus. You're following someone, but you're not following Jesus. Every single person who wishes to come and follow Jesus has to make a realignment in your life. And I think as we head into this new year, every single one of us needs to make peace with this fact that we need to realign our lives to come into alignment with Christ. It is not one of those things that we're asking, hey, come follow me, Jesus. Like his invitation was not for us to invite him to come on our journey. Our invitation is to join him on his. And to realign with him means to actually live in ways that he calls us to live. The Apostle Paul said this in Ephesians chapter 4. When you heard about Christ and were taught in him in accordance with the truth that is in Jesus, you were taught with regarding to your former way of life. To put off your old self, which is being corrupted by deceitful desires. To be made new in the attitude of your mind and to put on the new self created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. I love this language of this idea that in many ways our old self is almost like this suit that we have on. And that the truth is we can't really put the, the new suit over it. We have to take off the old suit and then put on the new thing. There are many of us who want new results in our life, but we are not willing to take off the old first. We may just rush to put on the new. And the truth is, many of us need to do the painful thing of just taking the stuff off and then allowing God to put the new things in here. One of my favorite teachings that Jesus has that is one of the most weird and kind of graphic ones comes from the Gospel of Matthew 18, and he says this, so if your hand or foot causes you to sin, cut it off and throw it away. It's better to enter eternal life only with one hand or one foot than to be thrown into the eternal fire with both of your hands and feet. And if your eye causes you to sin, gouge it out and throw it away. It is better to enter eternal life with only one eye than to have two eyes and be thrown into the fire of hell. Now, quite an intense thing, right? Oftentimes we think of Jesus, you know, chilling with little children and lambs around. This would be a weird teaching to have around them, I'm sure. But to be honest, I love his just like brutal honesty. 
know, Jesus honestly is the best friend we could have, right? Because I don't know about you, the friends that I want, I, I want the friends who let me know, dude, there is a large booger hanging down into your mustache. I want friends who are honest with me, who love me enough to tell me the truth. And, and here's the thing. Some of us just need to hear this truth that like, hey, there is a struggle in your life that yes, if you really care about becoming who God created you to be, to actually be with him, you may need to take what feels like an extreme measure to deal with it. Hey, if you are dealing um, with, uh, with, with an issue with pornography, hey, do everything in your power to actually make sure that it doesn't happen. Get accountability. Get rid of certain apps. Do those sort of things. If you have a problem with drinking, stop going and being with those people who lead you to those places. If you have a problem with getting into um, hatred towards other people, turn off that certain news outlet, whatever it is. Figure out the things in your life that are causing you to not be like Christ, to push yourself away from Christ and want to dislike others. Cut them out of your life. You don't need to know everything all the time. Again, it is better to enter the kingdom of heaven. It is better to be with Jesus than fill in the blank with anything else. And so some of us need to realign our life by cutting some things out. And not only cutting some things out, but obviously putting some better things in place. Here's the last thing that we have to do if we really want all this to happen. We got to recommit. I really do think there is a powerful piece uh, of, of something about moments, right? Like, like there is something important about a wedding. There's something important about a wedding when people make these vows to one another. There's something important about baptisms when there, there's this moment of kind of like looking back. You can kind of have the line in your sand. I, I love throughout the Old Testament, God oftentimes when he would do something significant in his relationship with God's people, he would oftentimes tell them to make an altar or something as a remembrance, not only for them, but for future generations to come. And to me, one of the beautiful things, one of the important things about a, a recommitment, about committing in general, is just this idea of saying, like, I'm actually putting some skin in the game. You know, there's a huge difference, right, from saying, I think I'm going to work out to buying the gym membership. There's a huge difference from buying the gym membership to actually texting a friend to say, hey, meet me there at 6 a.m. There's a huge difference uh, between saying we're going to do the diet and actually like throwing away all the leftover cookies that are already stale anyways, but they do still taste pretty good. Some of us need to take a moment this morning to recommit. And we need to recommit ourselves to become who God created us to be. We need to stop settling for less. We need to stop allowing ourselves to hit year after year with just like, well, what are you going to do? Of course, we are people of grace, and his mercies are new each day. We are people of presence, not perfection. But I don't know about you, there are times where I just get tired of going through the same things over and over. And sometimes we just have to commit to the hard work, Right? I've heard people talk about it, right? There's this idea of, like, choose your heart, right? Like, it is hard to be uh, uh, out of shape and, and feeling down, but it's also hard to, like, commit to a diet and exercise. Choose your heart. It is hard 
to wake up early in the morning and spend time with Jesus. It's also hard to feel really disconnected from God in the midst of a chaotic world. Choose your heart. There's so many things where we have to just choose these things over and over. And this morning, I really hope and pray that we would choose to truly recommit ourselves to becoming who God created us to be. In Psalm 37, it says this, commit everything you do to the Lord. Trust in him and he will help you. That's a beautiful promise. And here's the most awesome thing about it. God cares about every little aspect of your life. There's not a thing where he compartmentalizes our life to like, here's the spiritual things and here's the other things. Every bit of it he sees as spiritual and as important. And every single bit of it he desires for you to actually commit to being who he created you to be. And the most beautiful piece of the promise, though, is that he promises that he will help you. This morning, one of the most awesome things that you could do is just fully commit to Jesus. Some of us, maybe for the first time, maybe the first time in in a long time, or maybe some of us just need to uh, have have, have a new perspective in our life on what he is calling us to do. Maybe this morning, as I've been talking, there's been a thing where you're like, I got to commit to doing this this year. Maybe it's, I finally got to start serving. Maybe it's, I got to get connected to some sort of group or study. Uh, maybe it's, I, man, I, I, I've got to just begin to trusting, trust you with my finances. I need to trust you with my health. I need to do whatever it may be. This morning, I hope and pray that you know that you are loved. And you are loved regardless of how this year went, and you will be loved regardless of how this next year goes. But I do know that God has so much more for you in this coming year. If you'd be willing to rest in him, if you would remember his goodness in his track record, if you would realign your life with him, and if you would just fully recommit to him. Cole and Lisa are going to come out, and we're going to sing one last song together. So I'm going to ask you guys to go ahead and stand with me. And as we sing this last song, would this be your opportunity um, to allow uh, the, the courageous uh, moment to really just ask God to... Um, Rise up inside of you, what is it that he's calling you to do? Whether it's just fully trusting him, whether it's um, taking a next step with him. Maybe, maybe for some of you, you're thinking like, you know what, maybe this is the year that I finally get baptized and I just really say, no turning back. Um, maybe this is the year that you say like, oh man, I feel like God is like calling me to lead something. I don't know what it is, but would this morning you just be willing to do that? And as we go into this time of prayer, I'm going to ask you guys maybe to just bravely put your hands out like this as a, as a symbol of, of surrender to God, but also a, a symbol that you are ready to receive whatever he has this morning. But would you guys pray with me as we're uh, going to go into just more worship? Father, we again are so grateful for um, just your goodness and your kindness. Um, Father, you over and over um, forgive us. You over and over continue to be faithful even when we are unfaithful. Father, this morning, I pray that you uh, help us to uh, just forget about the past, forget about the things that um, have held us back, that we can learn from those things, but also, Father, we can move on. That, Father, this morning, we are reminded that ultimately all of these things, all of this growth, all of this uh, uh, being with you ultimately belongs to you. That, Father, in this kind of battle of our life, Father, that you are ultimately the one who gives us victory. So, Father, would you help us to surrender? Would you help us to just remember who you are? And, Father, in this time as we sing these songs, would you just speak to us, and would we have the courage to not only listen but to respond? It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen.